1: I'm Annika Colbert. It's Friday, May 13th. Specialized teams for mental health emergencies. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. Fire crews from Chula Vista, San Diego, National City, Poway, and Heartland Fire have been sent to Orange County to help battle the coastal fire. Fire officials say flames near Laguna Niguel have destroyed at least 20 structures, many of them multi-million dollar homes, and charred more than 200 acres. About 900 homes in the area have been evacuated. One firefighter was taken to the hospital after being injured. COVID-19 cases are still on the rise in San Diego County. Nearly 5,000 cases were reported in the past week. That's up 800 from the week before. That's according to the County Health and Human Services Agency. The county reported about 900 cases on Thursday and 14 deaths. Authorities have identified a 31-year-old man who died in custody at the San Diego Central Jail. Lionel Villasenor of San Diego was found unconscious in a holding cell at the detention center last week. Sheriff's officials say jail staffers and emergency personnel responded, but paramedics later pronounced him dead at the scene. A cause of death has not yet been released. Jails run by the county sheriff's department have come under scrutiny for having one of the highest in-custody death rates in the state. Via Sonor is the ninth death in San Diego County this year. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need.
0: KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program. Shaping the next generation of data-driven problem solvers. Learn more about the online Master of Data Science program from UC San Diego at omds.ucsd.edu.
1: For years, it's fallen to law enforcement officers to handle people going through a mental health crisis. It's a job most of them aren't trained to do. But that's changing in San Diego County. KPBS reporter John Carroll has more.
2: Too often when police officers and deputies are called to respond to someone in a mental health crisis, the outcome isn't good. At its worst, it can be deadly. The 2016 killing of Alfred Alongo by El Cajon police officers is just one example. No mental health professionals were present on the scene. Public frustration over episodes like that fueled pressure on law enforcement and local elected leaders, and that's led to change. Starting this week, law enforcement agencies in San Diego County are diverting mental health calls to mental health crisis response teams, 16 of them across the county, available 24-7, 365 days a year. Year. Supervisor Nathan Fletcher appeared Thursday with representatives from most of the 11 law enforcement agencies in the county. Our efforts
3: around mobile crisis response are designed to alleviate the burden on law enforcement, freeing them up to
2: keep us safe and provide these individuals with the right care. The crisis response teams can be reached through 911 dispatchers, but the fastest way to reach them is by calling 888 724 7240. John Carroll, KPBS News.
1: San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria says he's proposing the largest infrastructure investment in city history, more than $800 million for a wide range of improvements. He and other San Diego leaders gathered at Mountain View Park on Thursday to outline his plan. KPBS Speak City Heights reporter Jacob Ayer has more.
4: Mayor Todd Gloria covered a wide range of proposals for his upcoming budget, which include park and streetlight improvements, stormwater projects and clean water investments. Gloria says that the proposed infrastructure upgrades will be distributed equitably across all parts of the city.
0: We're also allocating uh, dollars to complete updated street conditions assessment which will tell us which neighborhoods need this attention the most and dedicate our limited resources to where it's there. So it's not about uh, subjective, it's objective.
4: Gloria's proposed budget is for fiscal year 2023, which begins on July 1st. The City Council is currently reviewing and discussing the mayor's entire proposed budget in a series of public hearings. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News.
1: The VA says it's revamping its caregiver program to enroll more veterans. But KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh says hundreds of families say they're being kept in the dark about the changes.
3: Nikki Stevens cares for her husband, John, a former Marine who was injured in Fallujah, Iraq, and now suffers from epileptic seizures.
5: You know, if he has a uh, status uh, seizure, meaning he goes into a seizure that's longer than five minutes, that's That's when it becomes really dangerous. He needs somebody to to, uh, be able to call 911 for him.
3: The VA program pays for family members to be full-time caregivers. It was originally designed for post-9-11 vets, but the VA recently started making changes after Congress opened the program to other veterans. Here's Nikki Stevens again.
5: The harm that is being done is to the families that are kind of being whipped back and forth with this.
3: Colton Whitaker with the Elizabeth Dole Foundation said the VA continues to drop people from the program, though the VA secretary recently ordered a pause to look at the changes.
0: Because they're either not receiving benefits anymore or being told that they should plan accordingly because they will not be, or would be receiving um, quite a substantial amount less than they may have you know, been receiving previously.
3: Advocates are asking the VA to stop removing caregivers until the final rules are put in place. Steve Walsh, KPBS News.
1: National Nurses Week put a spotlight on healthcare heroes this week. KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman brings us the story of a nurse who works with patients 8000 feet in the air.
5: If you need us in anywhere in San Diego, we can respond.
4: Meet Mercy Air Flight Nurse Kelly Foreman.
5: Our godmother is up here.
4: Colleagues call her the Godmother of Air Medical Services in San Diego,
5: 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. There's a resource that's just like this, and you wouldn't really know about us until it's your worst day of your life.
4: For the last 27 years, she's been responding to emergencies all across Southern California in helicopters. We caught up with her at Mercy Air's Oceanside Base. They have multiple locations in the county ready to respond at a moment's notice.
5: The pagers go off, the tones drop, and it can be anything from a motor vehicle accident. It could be someone having a heart attack out in the East County. It could be a drowning on the beach. And we have to be prepared to take care of everything.
4: These helicopters are sort of like flying ambulances, only they can do more. Each crew has a flight nurse and a paramedic or a physician on board. It's literally an intensive care unit in the air.
5: This bag, we call it Bob, big orange bag. It's 34 pounds of emergency room right here and now.
4: Onboard crews carry a variety of medications and they're able to do transfusions mid-flight.
5: This is the life-saving stuff that, you know, you just don't really appreciate that's there and that's that we carry blood and we carry plasma.
4: Every second matters when responding to emergencies and typically air crews get called to remote locations or to scenes where patients desperately need attention.
5: Starting and being able to institute the therapies right at the scene, that is huge. So we make use of those valuable minutes that people have that make the difference between success and tragedy.
4: During her years as a flight nurse, Foreman has helped save thousands of lives. Some days are tougher than others, especially when she's the last person a patient sees.
5: It's so easy by grabbing a hand and just reaching down and leaning down and saying, my name is Kelly, I'm gonna be there for you. I am going to take you all the way to your next doctor and sadly enough sometimes I have walked all the way to the Lord and that is a really tough place to be but that's part of what we have to do. Sometimes people don't live and you have to understand that it is is the role of that person that is there with you to be that comfort and that strength when they don't have it And, and I don't know what is on the other side, but I know that I am gonna be with you till you take your very last breath and you will not be alone. All right, kids.
4: Part of Foreman's job is also helping to train resident physicians from UC San Diego Health. She loves what she does and now 61, Foreman doesn't have any plans to slow down.
5: If I could go off of the passion in my heart, I would be here another 27 years.
4: Foreman says to this day, she still gets the same adrenaline rush for every call. Matt Hoffman, KPBS News.
1: Coming up, the San Diego Italian Film Festival is honoring their late founder tonight with a special film screening. We'll have more on that next, just after the break. In March, the San Diego Italian Film Festival lost its founder, Victor LaRuscia, to an aggressive form of stomach cancer. He was 80 years old. Tonight, the festival will celebrate his life with a screening of the Italian film Loose Cannons at the Museum of Photographic Arts. KPBS arts reporter Beth Alcomando spoke with his stepdaughter and new president of the board, Jennifer Davies. Here's that interview.
6: Jennifer, San Diego lost a cultural icon in Victor LaRusha, who started the San Diego Italian Film Festival more than a decade ago. What do you remember of its origins and, and what kind of prompted him to
7: create this? It's funny because it feels, even though it's only been 16 years only, it feels like it's been around forever. And, you know, I really thought about like what prompted him. And I think it was just him having the time and the inclination. I mean, he always loved movies. He taught film. It was his joy. And so I think he just started meeting people that were willing to have that kind of conversation. And he saw the possibilities to create something larger than himself.
6: You mentioned the word conversation. And that's something that I always associate with the Italian Film Festival and with Victor. But it was the sense that you don't just watch a film. You need to watch it and then hang out for a long time afterward talking about it. And why was that so important to him?
7: For Victor, you know, I always say, Victor, knowledge was never a solitary pursuit. It was never a monologue, right? It was was a discussion and a dialogue, and through that discussion and dialogue, you could learn more about each other, about the art, and that exploration, and that was what excited Victor the most, I think, about the Italian festival or films or any sort of knowledge was the ability to to work together to come to a a solution or a conversation. And even if you didn't agree, that journey was very important. And and like the films, he loved films, but in a lot of ways, Italian films were just a vehicle to have the conversation, to have a party, to connect with people. And that's one of the things I always saw with Victor and that I hope I've learned from is he saw connections where other people didn't. You know, he always wanted to figure out who he could collaborate with, with the Italian Film Festival, even if it was far afield and a normal person wouldn't see it he always found connections and again the italian film festival was a way to give back to the community that had given a lot to him but it was also a way for victor to stay engaged with his big huge brain and 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 meet new people and have new ideas and and be pushed i mean he was 80 years old but nobody ever thought he was that age because he was still young at heart because he still wanted to engage with the world around him and learn new things from new people
6: you mentioned film as a vehicle, and it also seemed to be a vehicle for him to share Italian culture, and that seemed to be a very important part of the festival.
7: No, it was. I mean, you know, Victor was from very humble background, humble beginnings, but the Italian experience, both as an immigrant and the emotions and the the drama of Italian life, I mean, that was something that really... Victor understood and felt and he wanted to share because it is a very special sort of, you know, background and, and approach, you know, as he always said, it was a piazza, not just Italian films, but an Italian perspective. Film was a vehicle, but it was a vehicle to share a larger worldview that Italians seem to bring to the world, whether it be good food, good conversation emotion, drama, comedy, you know, deep feelings, deep thoughts, you know, that was all the things that Victor identified with his Italian heritage and what he wanted people to see and know and explore with him.
6: The festival is going to be having an event this Friday. So what is that going to entail?
7: So it, um, there'll be sort of, uh, there'll be Prosecco and some Italian pastries like sfogliatelle for, you know, just sort of for half an hour. And then we'll have a very short program, um, including a tribute video to Victor, where some of us, including yourself, were interviewed to talk a little bit about Victor. And then we're going to watch the movie, which is um, Minivagante, which is based in Puglia, which is where Victor's family's from. And it's a fun comedy about family identity and business. Um, And then we're just having a short Q&A session, but it's really to kind of... It's the kind of thing the film festival always did, and it's what Victor enjoyed the most, and it's just sort of a night to remember him and kind of feel at one with him, even though he's not there in person. In spirit, he will be. That's the hope.
6: When Victor seemed to have left a legacy in terms of wanting his life to be celebrated and wanting to have an event like this to be very joyous and about film and community and food and
7: people. No, he did. I mean, when, when, we, when we found out the, the grim diagnosis, I mean, the first thing he said to me and my mom was, okay, you guys are going to have to start planning a party. And so, you know, the, we want the celebration to continue. Because if you knew Victor, he was not a person he would want a celebration. He would want the celebration to continue. And like I said, for Victor, life was a party, and he wanted everyone invited.
1: And that was KPBS's Beth Accomando speaking with Jennifer Davies. The San Diego Italian Film Festival will hold an Italian movie night and fundraiser in honor of its late founder, Victor LaRusha. It's happening tonight at 6 p.m. at the Museum of Photographic Arts. And one more before you go, the San Diego County Public Library is hosting a how-to festival this weekend. There will be live-streamed how-to demos on a variety of arts and crafts projects, as well as cooking how-tos. The demos are presented by library staff and community members, and you can find more information on the how-to festival on its Facebook page. And that's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at KPBS.org. This podcast is produced by senior radio producer Brooke Ruth and me, Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day.